is a man's man film review. And now your hosts, Tom and Joe. And we are back. Hello, everyone. Hello. This is Tom. This is Joe. Episode three. The Revenge of the Podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Is it uh, uh, Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Jedi? It was first Revenge of the Jedi. Yes. Right? I bet you wish you had that poster. You know what? We could have we could have purchased it back in the day. Be worth my like, mom put it back. Worth thousands of dollars, yeah. probably now. That was that was a beautiful poster too. Yes, Drew Struzan's lovely artwork and then that cool title. Yes. Well, we have an interesting movie today, and uh, we also have a new top five and uh, recently seen. We've seen uh, Suicide Squad, so we're going to talk about that. What a- Should we just jump right into that movie right away? Might as well. Okay. Might recently well. seen, we both saw Suicide Squad. Joe, what did you think of it? Ah. It was a wannabe um, Avengers on a, on a bad acid trip. Yeah, I mean, they tried to do the Avengers before like really establishing any of the characters. Right, and, and that's the problem with DC yes, right now. absolutely. They did it all wrong. Yeah. You know, they're, they're trying to cash in on what Marvel's done, but Marvel's, Marvel basically did it the right way. Yeah, I mean, they introduced the, the characters slowly, yes. and yep. DC wants the big money, and they just think they can throw a Justice League out there as fast as possible. I didn't hate the movie. I just was kind of like, if I had to give a review, I'd just say meh, M-E-H. Yeah. It's yes. just like, you know, it wasn't the worst. It was way better than Batman or Superman because it wasn't six hours long. And it was fast-paced. Yeah. I'll give it yeah. that. It wasn't um, boring. It, it wasn't. Um, it, it started off promising. Yeah. Um, when they actually did the um, origin story yeah. for each separate character, that almost reminded me of Armageddon when all of the characters left the oil rig. Yeah. You know, and then they had to go regroup and find them all over the planet. Um, that was kind of interesting. Um, I enjoyed uh, Deadshot's character. Uh, Diablo was pretty cool. Yep, I agree with that. Um, the witch was fantastic up until it became like Ghostbusters. Yeah, you know, I, I'm like, what the hell? As the as the villain, I'm like, it was it was so weak, too over the top. And, you know, when you have like a you know, I guess the Avengers movies were a bit like that too, where there hasn't been really a huge bad guy that you really invested right. in, right? And, and they kind of screwed it up too with Avengers because. Yeah. Thanos and all that, you know, I mean, it's almost like a cash cow. They're just like, just spreading the uh, movies out. Um, Ultron was horrible. Yeah. I, I did not, I did not get into that film at all. Yeah. I, I think the biggest problem you have is you've got this group of like incredible superheroes are all huge personalities and they're very, you know, dangerous characters. And it's really hard to find a villain that's yeah. going to be able to compete with them because it's kind of like, any one of these superheroes right. should be able to take down any villain, and now you got them all together, and they're they're supposed to be like you know Ultron is supposed to be tough enough to stop them right, right now. Yeah, and DC, I mean, they could have did uh, done, did it the right way um, if you basically started off with standalone movies, and you could have basically started off with that Batman Superman, but basically you just have a quick wall up fight. Then set it up for the Justice League movie where you have Doomsday coming, and now yeah. you have to join forces to beat this. You know, they rushed so much in that it, movie. It's it amazing that movie is like seven hours long, and it feels rushed because you know they got to the you know the, the Batman with Superman fight was was pretty cool, but it was only like eight minutes, and it's like you know yeah. But throughout the movie, you were wondering like why is everybody fighting? Yeah, you know, I mean it was just pointless. Yeah, but back to Suicide Squad, you know, it just yeah, the, the characters were I don't know, just, everything was thrown in there so fast because DC's desperate to 
you know, get everything going as fast as possible because they want to make the, the money that Marvel's making. And the Joker in this movie was in the movie for like 10 minutes. It's like, that's what everybody was talking about. Oh my God, the Joker, it's going to be really interesting. And, you know, I can't even say if it was good or bad because he was so inconsequential to the movie. It's like he was in a, a couple of scenes and I swear he couldn't have been more than 15 minutes of the movie. Oh yeah. And yeah. he didn't didn't matter to the plot. No, he was just basically trying to get his girl. Yeah. So I'm like... But. Yeah, it, 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 yeah, it it just seemed a little cliche dropping yeah. them in because oh, the Joker has to be in it, you know. Well, yeah, because they said this was going to be the movie that was going to make up for Batman versus Superman, and it did not do that. It's no. like I have no real interest in seeing Justice League. I mean, I'll see it. I see all these movies. I'm, you know, I've always been a Marvel person. I mean, I like the Batman movies, right? And I'm not like against the DC movies. They just aren't as good. <laughs> but Batman's the only one they do right. Yes. Well, you know? I mean, well, yeah, obviously. Yeah, I mean, the, the Superman was cool back in the fifties. Well, I mean, the, you know what I mean. I like the Christopher Reeve Superman. That's oh, yeah, maybe that's, maybe that's because I'm old now, and it's like, but Christopher Reeve just nailed that character. Yeah, and it's like they make Superman too like brooding, and you know all this in these movies, and it's like Superman's supposed to, supposed to be like a good guy, a really good guy, and right. it's like he's so like he's got to have all these feelings now and all this stuff, and it's like it just doesn't fit. Well, they almost portray him like a, a Jesus figure. Yeah, way, well, yeah, you know? exactly. Like, and I mean, I understand that, but it's like you know, I just I. People like didn't like the old Christopher Reeve movies because oh he's such like a Boy Scout. I'm like that's what I liked about it. It was you know. It and was then cool. they almost destroyed it with Superman. Okay, Returns. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah, absolutely. But no, I mean um, Suicide Squad was super fun up until the point where you started um, going against the CGI freaks controlling the city. I mean they really didn't explain it whatsoever. Yeah, I don't even know what the hell they were. It looked like they had a bunch of eyeballs or something going on. For a while in the movie, I kind of forgot like, what, what, what the the point of it was, what they right. were doing. It right. didn't really, you know, they're they're going on this mission, but I was never really sure what they were doing for a they while. They were going on the mission to save the one lady. Yeah, and they're like, I, I don't know. I'm still confused by yeah. what was going on there. I mean, but. Will Smith was good. I mean, I'm, I I I have a love hate relationship with Will Smith. Right, like a lot a lot of his movies, but a lot of times I'm he, he actually acted in this film. Yeah, you know? I thought he was good. I thought he did a good job. He did a decent job with concussion and followed up with this, but I don't know. Yeah, it, it would have been a better story just doing a a Deadshot movie. I can't disagree you know? with you. Yeah, I mean the, the whole sequence with Batman. I mean that was almost an homage to uh, uh, the nineteen eighty nine Batman film. The Ellie sequence there, where he comes down slowly with his cape spread yeah. out, that was pretty cool. I enjoyed that a lot. Then of course they have to throw in the the daughter. So there's a conflict. Yeah, within, that's you know? the other big problem I had with it. It's like, these guys, are, they're like the worst heroes ever. They're supposed to all be bad guys, and I get that. But they had to basically try and make every one of them, like, not so bad. Right. It's like, why did they have to have, like, a you know a human side in that? Exactly. And I didn't like that. I mean, every one of them had, like, a reason for what they're doing. And it's like, no, can't they just be bad guys? Except for Diablo, though. I mean, he was sad. But he really knew he couldn't control what he was. Yeah, but he had a family, and he still he, they kind of gave him a human side. Well, a too. little bit, but I mean, he still torched them. I mean, you, you yes, know. but he still loved his family. Well, I mean, yeah, he know. did. He did. So I mean, yeah, it was the same kind of thing where it's like you know he was bad, but they had it's like they had to give him a human side. I'm like, why'd you have to do that? I have to ask, who is the Indian? I mean, I, I do not follow all the comic. Books uh, yeah, I don't either. Uh, but he like quickly comes in and like he's the first to go. I'm like, what was the point of that? Yeah, basically, he was like the black guy of a horror movie. It's like we yeah. got to get him out of there right away. But yeah, the, I guess the Indian has placed the black guy in this because Will Smith obviously can't die within five minutes of the movie. Uh, and then who's the samurai ninja chick? 
uh, Katana? Is that her? Yeah. I, again, I don't read the comics. It felt so. like a video game movie. You know, it almost felt like Street Fighter meets up with DC. It, yeah. It just, I don't know. I, I wasn't... It's like, I've got my like friend that. here. She's going to watch my back. Yeah. And I'm like, okay. Yeah, it's like, okay. And where did you come from? You know, they just appeared out of nowhere. It's like, yeah. Okay, they're here now. I'm not ragging on this movie just because it's DC. Because, like I said, I'll give every movie a chance. Right. But it just... They've really gotten off on the wrong foot. You know, Man of Steel was a letdown in a lot of ways. It had some good stuff to it. But then, you know, Batman was Superman was such a letdown. Oh, it was. It was. I mean, in, especially with Man of Steel, it's like, quit trying to recreate the origin story. We, yeah. we had an origin story. It's the best. Yeah. And Superman still goes down as one of my favorite superhero movies it's, of all yeah, time. It's, it's great. And uh, Superman 2, if you ever watch the Donner Cut, is, is it's not completed, but very, very good. Okay. See, I still have to check that out. It's 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 kind of in pieces because they didn't have all of the scenes. Right. But put it, it's, it's it's less comedy. He doesn't he doesn't throw the symbol on somebody and it wraps... <laughs> None of that's in there. And no, the, the, the three uh, villains like are not played for any laughs. Okay, good. Which is way better. Yeah. Yeah, you should definitely check that out sometime. I'll have to check that out. I, yes. I remember the model sets in that movie were so horrible. Yeah. When they were blowing the buses over and there are all these little miniatures. Yes. Oh, but, that's classic. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to obviously see all the DC movies that come out from here on out, but I'm like, I'm not really pumped about many of them. Right. And, you know, this one, I went into it with no expectations and I wasn't expecting it to be good. So I didn't go in with overinflated, you know, things. Sometimes right. you do that because Batman or Superman, I was really pumped for and very let down. So this one I kind of went into with not a lot, a lot of you know. right. I mean, I do, I don't think it was as bad as all the uh, critics. Yeah, I agree. You I know, agree. we're um, literally shooting the movie down. CGI, it was terrible, um, but the characters for the most part were interesting. You know, and yeah. it was pretty fast paced. Um, I mean, it was kind of they kind of grounded it a little bit too much when they got, um, entered the bar sequence or whatever. Yeah, you know? and the crocs. Uh, sorry, but the croc was just yeah. Killer croc sucked. Yeah, I, I don't understand. Again, we don't read the comics, so we can't you know say if that's accurate or whatnot. But I just I wasn't. But I swear it. to God, in the comics, he does not wear a hoodie, right? I don't know. I've I've, I've played the uh, Batman video games, and I, I, not anything like that. Okay, I, that's that's what I figured. Yeah, so we're we're definitely not experts on that. So, but his one liners were terrible. Mm-hmm. So come on, DC, step it up. Yeah, and they, and they changed their logo too at the beginning of the movie. Yeah, it looks just generic. Yeah, uh, not not a fan. Sorry, I don't know what they. I think they got what Wonder Woman coming up next, or is Aquaman first? I, I believe Wonder Woman's next summer. Yeah, not real excited about that one. I mean, I, I'll, I'll see it. I will too. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. This was kind of the one it's I was hoping time. would would kind of get me back on the bandwagon, and it didn't really do it. Like I said, it was better than Batman versus Superman, but I wasn't really impressed with it. Yeah, and the Joker, they basically it was almost like a Marilyn Manson kind yeah. of take on it. Um, he's more of a thug, right? Yeah. Criminal, more like a gangster. Kind of yeah, thing. yeah. I'd like to see him again, and I can give an opinion on that. I really can't give an opinion on no. him at this. I, I, I liked mean, he didn't lot. bug me. No, and I liked a lot of the stuff I yeah. saw, and I think he could be good. Yeah, but I agree. I don't know. It's it's tough to say. It was such a tease, and it's like right. that's what everybody was excited about. And it's like it's it's too bad we lost Heath Ledger because. Well, yeah, he was great. It's funny because when really he good. yeah when Heath Ledger got the role, I don't know if you were like me. I'm like, well, what the fuck? Oh yeah, it's like, oh yeah, it's gonna Big be time. terrible. I'm like, why Heath why? Ledger? And he was you know? perfect. So. Yeah, he nailed it. Yeah, so I don't. But then again, I remember I said the same thing when they cast Michael Keaton as Batman back in the day. I'm like, what? Yeah, now he's going to be Mr. Gung Ho. What? Yeah, you know, Mr. The, Mom. Oh, that's right, Mr. Mom. And now he's going to be in the uh, new Spider-Man movie. 
Is he playing the Vulture? Is that true or not? I don't know if they've really revealed it okay. yet. That's but the Vulture of... is the main villain. Based that's on the concept art. What that I, that's what, I've been, that's okay. what I've been hearing, but okay. I, I think that's kind Spider-Man of... Spider-Man Homecoming. Kind, right. of a, kind of a weird name. He's Well, he's back in high school. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe it's set around Homecoming. Who knows? I really right. liked uh, the new Spider-Man. I oh, liked, yeah. I, I thought he was fantastic in Civil War. Was, you know, that was you, pretty fun. It, it was cool that Aunt May's like hot now. Yeah, so. <laughs> it's, it's quite interesting. Hopefully, Tony Stark doesn't. Um... Oh yeah, you know he's gonna. Yeah. Hey, uh, what was it? Uh, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Mr. Tomei did a uh, romantic comedy about 20, 30 years ago. Only you, I think. Only you. And now they're doing like you know the comic That's, book movies together. That is funny. Pretty funny how it goes around like that. Yeah. Okay, well, so Suicide Squad, we weren't as mad at the movie as most people have been, but we weren't thrilled with it either. Right. So. Yeah, I, I mean it's definitely definitely worth checking it out. I agree. On the big train. Yeah. Um, just lower your expectations, and it is what it is. Well, I think most people's expectations are pretty low from well, the scores yeah, that have it's, come it's out. It's fun so. up until you get into the CGI realm, especially the uh, the witch's brother. I'm like, well, it's yeah. just it just really became like uh, the original Ghostbusters ending. Yeah, you know, it, it almost well, felt like they were going against um, what was the bad. The bad lady in that one, the the main villain, Zool or whatever. Yeah, yep. Um, I was just like, okay, guys, what the hell's going on? Well, the other thing, this, there's a little bit of spoilers here. It's like when Diablo's character like sacrifices himself. That seems so forced. It's oh like, yeah. yeah. It's like I've got to blow myself up to get rid of this guy. No, there were like plenty of other options. No, I've, this is the only thing that I can do. It's like not really. Exactly. And then they just turn into a fight scene after that with the other person after she's gone. After and that's he's gone. it. And I'm like. Clint Eastwood's son was in the movie, yeah, as well, and all those guys blew themselves up <laughs> for yeah. no reason. So I wasn't. It, yeah, yeah. I, I don't get it. I yeah, I'm not going to recommend the movie, but I'm also you know if you've seen the trailers and you want to see it, go see it. It's not awful. Yeah, but it's not overwhelming. Just, just stick around for the end credits, boy. It's it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. Have you seen anything else lately, Joe? Um. No, I mean uh, other other than seeing new movie releases, Suicide Squad. That was that's about it. Uh, well, I saw one other movie. What did you check out? I saw Nine Lives. Nine Lives. Haven't heard of this? No. This is the movie where Kevin Spacey embodies oh, no, a cat. The cat. Okay, yes. okay, I have heard of that. I've seen the poster. Why would you see that? Well, you know I'm a kind of a connoisseur of train wreck movies, and it's like Kevin Spacey is a cat and Christopher Walken. I'm like, I've got to see this. Oh man. You know, I went to see it, and the problem with the movie is that it's not as bad as I'd hoped it would be. It's not good. Okay. okay. But it's just kind of like there. Not like, so explain the He story gets, a uh, he's like a, a wealthy businessman, and he uh, is in a coma, and he gets put inside a cat. Gets put inside a he cat. Bo- okay. He embodies a cat. Okay. You know, and being in the cat uh, shows him that he needs to love his daughter more and be a better husband, of course. Uh, of so, course. Okay. Yeah. Do you know who directed this movie? Ooh. Barry Sonnefeld. <laughs> Really? He's really gone down big time. Like, boy, and, from, and it's called Nine Lives. Nine Lives, yeah. Nine Lives. What, Christopher Walken play another cat? He's basically, or? no, he's like the pet shop owner. He basically plays the same role he played in that shitty Adam Sandler movie, Click. Click. Yeah, it's okay. the same, <laughs> same thing. Something smells like stale french fries. It's like the same thing. It's like, basically when I was watching this, I'm like, oh. who did like Kevin Spacey, did Kevin Spacey have like a... I, uh, he had like an option they had to do a movie or something to f- finish a contract or something and, and this was it because like okay I can be like in it for 10 minutes and then like talk the rest of the movie yeah. you know Christopher Walken I know why he does it because he'll do anything well yeah of course I read an interview with him once and he said like I rarely turn down scripts and I'm like no shit Christopher <laughs> 
So, so Christian Walken, if you're listening, we wrote a screenplay. Yes. So maybe, maybe he'll. Uh, as I said, well, yeah. As I said, Joe's like, well, do you think he'd do it? I'm like, why wouldn't he? <laughs> this is better than half the movies he's done, and it's not very good. Shit, and we wrote a good character for him too. Yeah, we did. Yeah, Abraham. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. That's awesome. Yes. Well, so Nine Lives, I certainly would not recommend. But if you you saw the preview and that looked good to you, well, you're you're gonna love it because it's you know. That's great. Taylor made for the kids, but it was not nearly as awful as I'd hoped it would be. I don't know if that sounds yeah. right, but Christopher Walken had some interesting lines in the movie. I hope. Anything funny? No, not really. Okay, no one. Kevin Spacey he was really sleepwalking through it. Yeah, yeah, it's the kind of thing. It's it's like way, it's so far beneath them that I it, probably will pass on that. And one. Jennifer Garner played the wife in it too. Of course so. she did. Yeah, of course. Of course she that's did. all she does now. Uh, my my wife uh, pulled me out of the house to go see that Miracle in Heaven movie, and and then she just sat there and cried the entire time. Really. Why do you uh, like going to see these movies? I almost cried the entire time watching Nine Lives seeing Kevin Spacey and Christopher Walken out there. It's like, these guys are so much better than this. Yeah, it's like, it's, isn't, wasn't Steve Gutenberg available? I mean, he's perfect for that. Steve Gutenberg, good lord. That's awesome. This guy needs a comeback. He does. Well, that's all we've recently seen. Um, there's, I don't know. I've, I've just been watching um, Stranger Things on Netflix, which you still have to I check still, out. I'm, I'm desperate to watch it. I'm so excited. Um, I will not ruin it for you. Just dive in, and literally, it's like opening a can to the 80s. It's yeah. fantastic. I'm very pumped to watch it, so I will get to it. One of these podcasts, I'm going to have watched all of them, I promise. It's That's one show that when the title sequence comes on, I can watch that sequence alone like three times in a row and then get into the episode. It's all right. an awesome show. That's that's a good sales pitch right there. Yep. Very nice. Well, should we move on to the top five? Top five, yes. Yes, sir. Okay, our top five was suggested by a friend of the show, Dan. Um, it was basically the top five movies you only need to see once. And this isn't... We didn't take it as the top like five movies that were so awful you never need to see them again. We wanted it to be basically like five you know, good movies that you never need to see again. You watch it once and you said, I'm done, don't need to see it again. Right. Doesn't mean you hated the movie, just that you don't want to go through it again. Yep. All right, Joe, what did you have for number five on your list? Well, number five is Schindler's List. All right. Um, that is it's a beautiful list. movie. Yes. Um, the acting in that is fantastic. But, but you, you, you have to be in the mood to watch that movie again if you're going to watch it again. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a powerful sequence in the movie where they follow that little girl with the red coat. I think that was the only color in the movie. Yes. Um, and then eventually you find that red coat in the big pile of dead bodies. And, you know, it strikes you. It's like, damn it. You yeah. Know, like I said, a powerful movie. But it's depressing. <laughs> Well, yes. <laughs> you cannot... There's some there's some depressing movies you can watch, you know, over and over again. I think, but you know, that's definitely one that's right. a tough watch. I mean, everybody needs to watch a movie at least once. It's just you know, it's not the one like you, you want to start a fire, you know, pop some corn, and hey, we're gonna watch Schiller's List tonight. Yeah, you know. But speaking of which, they need to release a, the uh, Jerry, have you heard the Jerry Lewis movie, the day the crown, the day the clown cried. The they're rumored the rumor to actually release this. He oh. filmed the movie in the seventies and directed this. He basically he's in a concentration camp and he's like a German clown. Okay. And basically he has to lead all of the people to the uh, to be killed in in, in Holocaust uh, concentration okay. camp. And it's supposed to be kind of a comedy thing too. I'm and not it's really called sure. The day the clown, the day the clown cried. Cried. Okay. It's okay. been basically he made the movie and said like I'm never going to release this. Okay. And but now Jerry Lewis has said when he dies, it's gonna get released. Okay. So it's in like the vault. Interesting. 
You should look it up. It's quite a crazy story. I will, I will have to check There's it out. Basic, um, I think Is this your five? Top five? No, no, oh, no, 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 no. no. I've okay, never seen just, it. I've never okay. seen it. You can't see it. Okay. It's never been released. Um, actually, a few people have seen it. He showed it to them. and I think Harry Shearer has seen it. I don't know who that is. But yeah, it's, it's basically... I, it's like it's gotten like a legendary proportions. Howard Stern's talked about it a bunch too. Really? Because everybody wants to see it. What was the What was the one that Jerry Lewis did with? Um, oh God, Robert De Niro. Was that King of Comedy back in the day? Yes. Yeah, that's a good. That's definitely better than that one. Even though I haven't seen it, but yeah. So we'll see. That's not in my top five, obviously, because I haven't seen it. My number five would be uh, Saving Private Ryan, which is a, a fantastic movie, but again, one that I didn't really need to see more than the one time. I mean, it's, it's another Spielberg film. It's great, but yeah, I mean, overall, Once was enough for me. Uh, war movies, some of them I've watched multiple times, but that's one that for some reason I saw it. You know, I liked it, but I just didn't really have any reason to revisit it, so that's my number five. I mean, if it was on TV and, you know, somebody forced me to watch it, I wouldn't probably hate it but i have no desire to revisit it's not something i'm gonna buy or set out to watch again so that's my number five i agree with you 100%. yeah gotta love dogs yes <laughs> that's, awesome. that's our that's our third member of our crew here we know yes the barking the barking bailey yes that's bailey all right what's your number four joe uh number four is passion of the christ oh good choice it is a great movie well done but Trust me, you do not need to watch that over and over again. Yeah, I, I didn't even think to put that in. I should have. That's a, that's a good one, too. That would, that would have been on my top five if I thought about it. Yeah, I, I agree. I saw it in theater, too, and it was it was you know really good and really emotional. And yeah, it was well but, done. I mean, Mel Gibson's a hell of a director. But it's a tough watch. It, it is. It is. Um, definitely, again, everybody should see it, but yeah. Yep, that, I, that one I'm going to revisit anytime soon. I agree with that. My number four is uh, Forrest Gump. Good choice. I, Forrest Gump just never really worked for me. It was, you know, it was entertaining. I'm, I'm glad I watched it. I'm not mad that I watched it. Right. But it's like, I just didn't get into it like everybody else did. People were like weeping at this movie. And I'm like, really? It's, it. it's, it's very commercial, but the, that movie goes to show masses are asses. Uh, the Academy oh, yeah. is filled with asses. Because that in, in that year alone, 94, we had the Shawshank Redemption. And we had Pulp, Pulp Fiction. Fiction. Yeah. And they pick Forrest Gump. Though Pulp Fiction and Shawshank Redemption are, are worlds apart from the, that. Oh yeah, yeah. And there's nothing wrong with Forrest Gump. It's no, just, it's a know, fun movie, but you, you watch not, it again, it doesn't age like wine, and you're just kind of like, uh, all right. I don't know. I'm. I agree with you 100. percent Yep, absolutely. I mean, it's a good movie, but it, that year, I mean, Pulp Fiction not winning Best Picture is just a travesty. Right. Right. I, I remember when Tarantino won like the best uh, best original screenplay for Pulp Fiction that year. He got up on the stage and first thing said, well, I guess I'm done for the night. <laughs> that's right. Because you know that. all original screenplays basically like, yeah, that's all you're getting. Yep, that, that's it, kid. And they were right. Yeah, they, they were. Um, I forget how many he's won since then, but yeah. Well, he's never really even up for director anymore, is he? He's always getting like I think that was the only year, right? He was up for yeah. director, so um, I, th I think he's joked about it that someday they'll have an award. Um with his name, Tarantino's like gonna. Tarantino. He's gonna get the no. He's gonna get the lifetime achievement sometime. Probably, yeah. probably. I, I mean, I hope he does get the the best director, best picture some year because, you know, dude's good. Yeah, he's classic. He's yep. classic. Absolutely. 
All right, what you got for number three, Joe? Titanic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I have seen Titanic more than once, but yeah, I, I don't really watch it very often. You, you only need to watch that movie once. It's one of those that it's, it works, you know, across the board. It has a couple surprises here and there. Um, obviously, it's no surprise ending. We all know what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, but, you know, the love story, the characters were intriguing throughout, but it's not a movie I'm plugging in every night. No, I, I would watch The Last Hour again. That's pretty awesome. Well, yeah, it is. But, again, you know, it's it's one of those movies that's more of an experience. Yeah. You know, going to the theater, almost like Avatar, in a way, um, where, you know, the without the 3D and the big screen, it's Dances with Wolves with Smurfs. But, I mean, it's got Billy Zane in it. Well, it, yeah, but he, if, if it was bald Billy Zane... I'd watch it again. I wonder if he showed up for the audition with his hair pieces and they're like, which one would you like me to wear? <laughs> <laughs> he said that for Demon Knight, didn't yeah. he? That's fantastic. When Billy Zane went in to try out for like a screen test, well, not screen test, he'd already gotten the role, I think he showed up for Demon Knight the first day. He came in bald and he like, the director was like, oh, you're bald? And it's like, and he came with like two boxes with like, and he opened up like with a bunch of toupees, like, which one should I wear for this movie? And like, I think you look better without them. <laughs> And, that, and he's been like bald. Who is and bald? Most, yeah. Yeah. And he works. In, yeah. He look, looks good like that. I used to work at the airport in Madison um, for Avis and just something told me to look up and sure shit, there's Billy Zane walking with his hot girlfriend or wife at the time. I, I don't know if they were married or not, but yeah. I just yelled out Billy and, and he came up and we talked for a few and then he actually signed, um, I think the Phantom was out at the time. Yeah. So I have like this weird envelope. With the Phantom cover art on it, and it just says, "To Joe, God bless or did, Godspeed." That was it. Godspeed. Did you slam evil? No. <laughs> I tried watching the Phantom again on Netflix, and boy, is that a shitty movie. <laughs> it is not a good movie. And oh. anybody wearing tight purple, yes, spandex, n- not cool, man. Just how let did me this fall get the made? Bridge. Podcast just did the Phantom like the other week, and it was pretty phenomenal. There's a lot of good stuff in there, but. Yeah, that, I was excited about that movie because like it's Billy Zane's big movie, and wow. boy, that really tanked. Yeah, big time. What's your what's your third pick? My number three is one we just talked about: Batman versus Superman. Okay. I don't think I'm ever going to revisit it. You don't you don't need to. I mean, the, basically, they've got the the new director's cut. Like, oh, it's got 30 minutes of extra footage, it makes it better. I wanted that movie to be 30 minutes shorter. Yeah, I don't want more. Yeah, I, I swear to God, like the first hour, you're just like going to sleep. I did fall. I we but, went to see this movie well, together, well, and I I passed out for a bit. Rob Rob ate two bowls of popcorn. <laughs> you remember <laughs> you're, that? You're sleeping. I was, and I'm just sitting there the whole time going, "What the hell's going on?" I was on like, here? "What is this? Can you wake me up when Batman and Superman fight?" <laughs> because that's what I signed up for. That's the title of the movie. I, I don't want to see Superman giving it to Lois Lane in a bathtub. Yeah, and I don't want to say with one of Superman's thrusts, I'm sure the water would have shot all over the place. And also these guys fight finally in an awesome battle, and the battle ends when they both realize their mom has the same first name. Yeah, that's classic. What? WTF? Really? Do you think Christopher Nolan came on set one day and was like... Yeah, I remember when they said, yeah, they said Christopher Nolan was going to be overseeing these movies. Yeah. Bullshit. He's he's got nothing to do with it. Not at all. He must be doing like uh, James Cameron did for uh, Point Break, or was it James Cameron did Point Break? He was like doing. Uh, he was like uh, I think he was. Like, he was executive producer on Point Break. How much? You, how much do you think he was really but doing? He was, but he was. He was. He was banging Catherine, Catherine Bigelow, Bigelow back like, in the day. Yeah. That, <laughs> like, that's hilarious. Babe, baby, give me an executive producer credit. <laughs> I'm sure he came on set and maybe well, slapped Patrick Swayze on the ass. Is that a double, that a double in pound right there? Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he kept. <laughs> well, maybe, maybe both. You know, but. <laughs> 
Oh, we've already gone in the gutter. Oh, Point Break. That now that movie you can watch over and over again. Have just you seen the Gary remake? Busey. No, and I will not see the remake. My kids saw it, and they said it's just it was stupid. Oh, okay. they never seen the original. I was waiting for your kids to say, "Oh, it was awesome." No, Dad. no, no. It's a, I that, mean, yeah. They try to make it like a Fast and Furious, you know, and it's just it's stupid. You Pat, yeah, Patrick, quit, you know. quit remaking movies that do not need to be remade. Patrick Swayze did one rotation roll over in the grave on that one, and he's getting ready to do another one when Roadhouse <laughs> comes out. Another movie, please, just don't make those movies. I'm, I'm still waiting for them to announce the next of kin remake. You know, everybody wants. To say. <laughs> Maybe they can get Liam Neeson to come back Maybe. and play his uh, redneck cousin That'd again. That'd be fantastic. That'd be great. And Bill Paxton. They're all brothers. Bill Paxton, Liam Neeson, and Patrick Swayze. That was a strange movie. And uh, and strange. Ben Stiller is one of the gangsters. That's believable. That's a weird movie. We should do that movie sometime. We should. Next of kin. Yeah. Because um, that's just kind of an out there movie. Yeah, that's a weird one, isn't it? It is. It's entertaining, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. Patrick Swayze. They're like, what, what were they? Like Hicks or some shit? Yeah, he's a cop. He's like a Chicago cop, and like, uh, we'll, we'll go into. Yeah, it. we'll, we'll do it. It's, it's yeah. It's, it, Next again. That, that'll be on Coming the list. Soon. Yeah, I think so. I agree. That'll be there. I agree. Okay, uh, who's up? I think I lost track. I, I did my number three. I think we're number two. Number two. Did you do number three? Um, yeah, I did my number three. It was we Titanic. Want, that's it. Yep. What's your number two? Number two is Castaway. Okay. It's it's one of those movies that... We got a lot of Zemeckis and a lot of Spielberg we, on this list. We sure do. Uh, it, it's it's a great story. Um, you know, it's hats off for them not really having all that much dialogue in the movie. Um, just kind of like uh, Robert uh, Redford's film. When he's oh, stuck all, on the is, all is lost. Yeah, great movie, but you only need to watch it once. Absolutely. You know? Um, Didn't like the ending of that either. No, no. It would have been better if he just drowned. Yeah. You know? Because why not? Um, yeah. This movie here is just, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a great story. I remember seeing it in opening weekend. I'm sitting in the theater. And that was it. Don't need to watch it again. Yeah, I don't think I've seen it since the theater. Yeah. It, it's one of those truly, it's a beautiful film, and you just leave it in the theater. Yeah. That's it. You never have to revisit that again, movie. Again, we're not like putting these movies down. No. It's just, they, they could be a good movie, a great movie. It's it, just, it, you know. Th- these movies are set up just to watch one time. Well, yeah, but I think a lot of, like Titanic, there's well, people yeah. that are like idolize that movie, like, you know, crying women and, you know, just love it. Well, yeah, the, and, the women that didn't have and, boyfriends at the time, you know. Yeah. Well, oh, I gotta go see Leo true. again. Oh. Yeah, well, my number two is Crash. Okay, yes. And I mean, Great that pick. movie. Fucking boring. Yeah. And it won the Academy this Award one for is Best actually, Yeah, this is actually one of the ones that's getting closer. I didn't really like it all that much. But that was the biggest travesty of a Best Picture, I think, oh. ever. I can't think of another one of the tops. So. Just boring. Yeah. Interesting idea. Yeah. You know, several thousand stories going on all at once. But just, ugh. Yeah, once was definitely enough for that. I saw it in the theater, and I'm like, okay, and I... I don't really remember a lot of them. Right. I just wasn't, right. you know, wasn't really enamored with it. I, I mean, I should have put Traffic on there as well because that was another yeah. great film. Yeah. But I cannot go back and revisit. We needed. Movie. We needed a top ten on this. I, I think so. I thought. I thought for a while this would be a tough list to come up with, and as I was going through it, I'm yeah. like, oh yeah, it's not very difficult. Right. Yeah. You have movies like The Godfather, Godfather Part Two, long movies, but they're they're classic because the minute you watch them, you just get roped in. Yeah. Right? You know the story. You know what's going to happen. There's few and far movies in between that can do that. Shawshank Redemption. Yes. Yeah. I don't care how many times you've seen I've it. I've seen that a million times. That movie's But it's, it's great. just, it, it just lures you in. Pulp Fiction, another one. Well, you Shawshank Redemption up until like, 
up until the end of the movie, it's depressing. It is, but it's just the yeah. way they shot it, and yeah. the, the actors are just so good. And in the Tim movie Robbins that you just is, get yeah, lost. he's going through all of his personal hell, but you just, you know, you, you get the idea. He's just, you know, gonna gonna get through all of it, and you know, right. and yeah, I, I agree. It's, it, it, there's some movies that you know just they can be depressing but you will watch them again because you know you're going to like where it goes and you know it doesn't always have to have a super happy ending but you just want to go through that journey over and over again and some of them you're like I've done that journey I don't need to do it again I should have put episode 2 Attack of the Clones on that list I gotta put any of any of the the prequels yeah. on there oh that's bad that, the, I'm, I'm serious if you guys go back and revisit the prequels they do not hold up well oh, at but, all oh but the romantic scenes are incredible no the dialogue not. is I mean the so Phantom awesome. Menace the only thing hats off to the Phantom I Menace love, because they like still the have sand. practical effects yes you know what I mean and then they just slowly started getting away from it. By the time you hit Revenge of the Sith, I swear to God, when you go back and watch that movie now, everybody's floating because yeah. there are no sets. Everything's a green screen. It's yeah. terrible. I agree. All right, well, let's move on to number one. What do you got, Joe? Number one, The Sixth Sense. Really? You do not ever need to see that movie again. Is that right? Well, I, know, I know what you're saying. I if, know. if you revisit it again, you're like, this that's one of Bruce, fucking... That's one of Bruce Willis's best movies. No, it's not. What? <laughs> he made two good movies in his career. Well, maybe three. I'll, I'll give him Die Hard, because he actually acted in that film. Yeah. Pulp Fiction. And Hudson Hawk. No, nobody's full. <laughs> That's it. That's not really his movie. It's, it's not his movie, but acting-wise. I'm just saying him actually trying to act in a movie. Because okay. no matter what, Bruce Willis is Bruce Willis in every single movie. But, wow. But Die Hard, I mean, obviously that's his first big movie. Not Striking Distance? No, not Striking Distance, no. we got to no. do that one, too. Oh, God. I remember seeing that in the theater. <laughs> God, oh, it's just terrible movie. Okay, I'm sorry. Keep going. No, it's it's all right. But no, The Sixth Sense. It's just uh, oh god, this just fucking bores the shit out of me. The first time in the theater, you're like, okay, cool, cool, interesting, and then you get to that surprise ending, and you're like, oh, I should have, I should have known that. Did you know? you know? Did you know the first time you saw? I it? did not. Yeah, me neither. I was I was one of those fools in the theater that didn't get it. I, I, I knew there was something with the doorknob. Yeah. And then when I finally saw it, I'm like, oh, shit. Most idiot. people I know like said, you didn't know that? We knew it right away. I'm See, like, I, th- I think they're lying. I'm, yeah, I think know, so, too. I'm, they just want to sound smart. They're like, oh, I I'm a I sucker. That. I know I'm a sucker. And it's like I, I'll fall for things pretty pretty easily. Right. Well, they, they pulled me in. They pulled yeah. me in. Um, you know, M. Night Shyamalan, um, it's, it's a good movie. I'll give him that. But you, you don't ever have to revisit it again. Yeah, because I, I, I like that movie. But I think his... Uh, his masterpiece is Unbreakable. I love that movie. That's a fun one. Yeah. Now, that you've, one got to, you've got to put that in there as Bruce Willis. Is, yeah, great. I'm sorry. I forgot. He's yeah. great in yeah, that Yeah, he movie. is good in that one. That one uh, you, you can watch over and over. And I was again. really excited that they were going to do like a trilogy on that. And the movie didn't do well, so they just kind of tanked it. And they tanked it. Okay. And now like he's talking about doing it again. I'm like, no, you suck now. Don't do it. Yeah, no. He has, he's a, he has a weird now. horror movie coming out now called Split. Have you seen the trailer for this? No, but I saw his last one, The Visit. I thought that was one of the worst pieces of my, shit. I've my my wife took um, my daughter and all of her oh. friends to that movie, and they're still like, Dad, you have to watch it. It's so <laughs> funny. Okay, yeah. Not, not like it was scary, but... Yeah, I laughed at that movie. I, was I like, remember seeing the preview. Is... I'm like, what the... F- yeah, the preview is... made it look a little creepy. I'm like, oh, God. You know, and they said, he's back. It's like he's the master of suspense. And I'm like, did, did okay, he I'll give pro- it a shot. Did he produce the devil movie, the yes. one with the elevator? See, yeah. now that, I didn't, uh, that was pretty cool. It was an interesting concept. Yeah. I liked that you just stuck in that small little confined space. I thought it was all right. Oh, man. I don't know. I mean, I enjoyed Signs, you know, but then that guy's career just, oh, man, when you when you hit that wind movie, when the, you have to be scared of the air. Oh, yeah. What the hell was that called? 
Mark then, Wahlberg was in oh, it. Oh, the uh, the happening. Oh, that was the, the shit is happening. Oh my god, <laughs> that was terrible. Well, the, yeah, the biggest. And that was his first R-rated movie. Yeah. Remember that? They were like, like <laughs> the first R-rated movie. I am guys laughing. gonna get run over by a lawnmower. <laughs> me and my me and my wife must be sick <laughs> because we'll go to movies and like when there's like some big surprise um, death sequence, you know, where everybody's just kind of like shocked. We're fucking laughing. You yeah. know, there was a scene in Meet Joe Black where Brad Pitt's character gets hit by the car. Me and my wife laughed so hard we were crying because the CGI was so bad. He like literally ricocheted off 10,000 different vehicles. Oh my God. Somebody turned around and said, shh, quiet. I'm like, yeah, come on. That's funny. That's funny. When the guy got his arm ripped off by the lion or whatever at yes. the zoo. Yes. In the happening. Oh, we were laughing. That movie the was The lawnmower, awful. terrible. But I'm yeah. just saying, The Sixth Sense... Interesting movie, but you only you only need to watch it once. You don't need to go back and revisit it because then when you see it again, you're just like, this movie is dumb. Yeah, I guess since it's all tied to that twist, and once you know, right. like, you can kind of say, oh, I can look at these things again that I didn't, you know, right. now that I know. But it's like, is that really that exciting? You can basically once you've seen the movie, know the twist. You can just go back in your head and say, exactly. the door. I understand why I couldn't open the door. Yeah, or why he's not. His wife isn't saying anything thing. to him at dinner and stuff right. like that. Right, you know? it's cool, but you know, yeah, you don't really need to keep watching. See, that. I need to go back and watch that. One scene. Does he use a napkin in that restaurant? Because if he does, wouldn't it be floating? About I don't know. Been a while. I have to look look at that again. Yeah, it's, it got me interested in seeing that. No. My number one is Schindler's List. So we're back. You know, basically back to Schindler's. Okay. All the same reasons that you had on. Yep. There. I mean, yeah. Saw it in the theater. It was very emotional. It's a great movie, but I haven't seen it since. Have no real interest in seeing it. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. No. There's 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 movies out there that just. It's only worth seeing them once. You know. Yeah. I mean, Pan's Labyrinth. I love Pan's Labyrinth. Now, I've seen that movie several times, but that's another one that you'll never get the same effect out of that movie after that first viewing. You know what yeah, I mean? The other thing we should do is a top five list of movies you saw in the theater and bought for, for like on Blu-ray and never watched them again. <laughs> because it's like, it was such a theatrical experience. Yeah, like so, A Good Day to Die Hard? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I love this in the theater. Can't wait to get it home. You get it home. like, I never want to watch that again. It's like, it was something I wanted to see on the big screen. And at home, it's not we will. the same. We're going to have to have a lot of those top fives. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic, though. I like it. Okay, so shall we move on to our main event here today? To the main event. Indeed. It's time for Charles Bronson to make his first appearance on the Man's Man Film Review. With his 1983 hit, 10 to Midnight. Well, hit's probably pushing it, but yeah. <laughs> It's a very I'm being kind. Very interesting movie. Since I said we wanted to kind of cover like 80s and 90s uh, action and slasher films, I figured we'd kind of do a little bit of both on this one. Although this really isn't an action movie. There's really no action. In the, it's, they, it's, they label it as a crime drama? Yeah. It shouldn't be slasher? It really slash should thriller, be. You know? It really should be. Drama? It, there really wasn't much drama going on in this movie. No. At all. No. Um, it, it was interesting. I mean, obviously, you know a little bit more on the backstory yeah. of this film. This was my first viewing. Um, Tom just picks movies out of thin air. I don't know where you find these movies. Because I'm a weird ass. That's no, but it's yeah. fantastic. Like I said, when you had me over that one time, we watched High Tension. You're like, yeah. hey, man, have you heard of High Tension? I'm like, no. And then you put it in, I'm like, what in the fuck what is about, this? Do you remember the Untold story? I showed you that one. That was the Chinese one where the guy's like uh, cooking people up and feeding yeah, them. Yeah, what in the fuck? <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, you know? And What's I, worse about that is you brought your wife over and it was like, she brought, I feel weird because it's got some really, really bad stuff in it. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. your wife's never going to let you hang out with me anymore because you're going to have some kind of sick 
deviant, but no, yeah. no, it's <laughs> it's cool, you know. Okay, well, we played the trailer last time, and the trailer is like 14 minutes long and gives the entire movie away. So, I basically thought we'd just play a radio trailer. It's a little shortened version of it before we start the movie. So, here's your little sneak preview. Anybody would think twice of bringing their child to see that movie in the theater. I love that, that they had to throw that out as a warning. <laughs> I'm a mean son of a... And that's funny that uh, there's only one um, gunshot in the entire film. Yeah, the trailer has the same shot of Charles Bronson shooting like six times. Yeah. Because it's this comes in the wake of Death Wish 2, and that was kind of becoming Charles Bronson's like 80s forte, like the vengeful movie. and. They got to show him shooting a bunch of people, and he shoots one person in this movie, and that's it. It's very satisfying. You, he kills the person you want him to kill, but it's yeah. You wait till the end of the movie for him to fire a gun. It's more of a like a police procedure, procedural right. with you know a lot of slasher elements and that kind of thing. But it's definitely a weird movie. Uh, it's this was actually the first film, well, the second film that uh, he did for Golden Globus, which is the company that did Canon Films. It was actually his first Canon film. Um, they were some very interesting fellows uh, from the Middle East that just loved making movies, and they had a theater chain over there, and they wanted to make movies that they could show in the theater chain, and they did like tons of Chuck Norris and Charles Bronson movies, uh, and a lot they did they did I swear like dozens of movies in the eighties. They actually did some kind of critically acclaimed movies too. They did Runaway Train. Have you ever seen that one? Oh, that's an awesome movie. They did that movie. No kidding. Yeah. Okay. They didn't just throw money at crap. They did a lot of crap, but they did a lot of. They would like get like you know John Cassavetes did movies for them. Yeah. And they would get they give money to them and let them make movies and make the movies they wanted. A lot of times the results weren't good, sure. but you know they they. I wanted. enjoyed Runaway Train. That yeah, was a good one. They were just film lovers. Wasn't that Julie Roberts' brother? Yeah. In that film, Eric I Roberts think was, and John. Wasn't he nominated or John Voight was nominated? John Voight. Maybe. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'd but like they're just yeah they did a lot of crazy crazy movies there's actually a really interesting documentary called Electric Boogaloo the un- wild untold story of canon films okay very good documentary I think it's on Netflix for free okay it's quite interesting they tell a lot of the background of there anyways Charles Bronson wasn't really a big star in the US he was mostly a star in uh, like Italy and those type of those countries um he kind of became popular in the US when he did Death Wish back in the 70s like in, I think that was the early 70s and in the early 80s, uh, Golden Globus got the rights to do that, a uh, sequel to Death Wish. So they made the sequel, and it was a lot different than the first one. And they just kind of started making movies with Charles Bronson at that point. They made, like, dozens of movies. and Nothing will beat The Crackdown. <laughs> Death Wish 4, The Crackdown. Yeah, Charles Bronson was 61 years old when he made this movie, and he's playing, like, a, a cop. And it's like he's he had plastic surgery to make this movie to look a little younger. And Oh, man, I can I believe he did that. Yeah, I mean, he he, he kind of knew what his audience wanted. I, I read interviews with Charles Bronson, and basically, he did movies that he thought his fans would want. He was very adamant about only doing those kind of movies because he knew what his audience wanted right. and just kept doing it. He didn't really branch out a lot. He knew his fan base. Yeah, absolutely. 
That's why it was interesting if you've ever seen the movie The Indian Runner, the Sean Penn movie. Okay. He plays the father in that. Oh. Completely different movie. Interesting. This is after his wife had died and it was yeah. like early 90s. And okay. He had like a grieving like widow in the movie and he was really good in it. Wow. Sean Penn got him to do it and it was like, Sean Penn made him shave his mustache for the movie. Oh, and it was like, yeah, it's like kind of the big thing. I remember Sean Penn telling the story about it. It's like one of the, one of the, was a trailer and it's like, I need to ask you a favor, Charles. Like, you're going to ask me to shave the mustache, aren't you? <laughs> yeah. Aren't you? And he did, yeah. That's great. And he actually did it. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to check that one out. What's yeah. that called again? Uh, the Indian Runner. Indian Runner. Yeah. It's an interesting movie. But anyway. Fantastic. Charles Bronson basically did these type of movies in the 80s, the kind of vengeful, you know, right. type of movies. And, you know, this was aimed at the Death Wish crowd. It makes it, you know, the trailer even makes it look like it's a Death Wish movie. It's really not. That's why I kind of like it. It's, it's a different animal in the kind of stuff that he was doing. Yeah, this one, I mean, the film basically is just an outraged police detective um, and him and his partner, who is played by Andrew Stevens, basically skirt the law to catch a, a killer of women. Yeah, there's a, there's a guy. Played by the freaky Gene Davis Gene in the Davis, movie. Not Gina Davis, Gene Davis. Gene Davis, Gene Davis. Gene Davis. Yeah. yeah, Gene Davis, whose character in this is basically a conglomeration of Ted Bundy and Richard Speck. So, uh, yeah, he's definitely a bad dude. Which is an interesting um, backstory or whatever, because what were we saying about the vehicle in here? Yeah, the vehicle basically drives a, a VW Bug, and it's like that's basically what Ted Bundy drove. And this guy kind of looks like Ted Bundy. And Richard Speck, uh, his, his big thing was he killed, I think, uh, eight nurses. He broke into their dormitory and uh, tortured them and killed them. Right. And one of them hid under the bed and survived. There's basically a scene in this movie that's right. basically a carbon copy of that. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well, it wasn't really fantastic. Well, no, I'm, I'm just saying that. <laughs> it's just yeah. fantastic knowing that they based that off of a true event. That's yeah. So this movie wild. basically was announced at the Cannes Film Festival. I'm not sure if it was 82 or 81, probably 82. It was after Charles Bronson did Death Wish 2. And it was basically announced as 10 to midnight. They had no script, but they had Charles Bronson attached to star on it. They had nothing. They just basically went to the Cannes Film Festival and said, oh, it's going to be Charles Bronson. It's going to be great suspense, great action, great vengeance. And they had no script. And they sold the movie in markets. That's what kind of the Cannes films did. They'd sell these movies before they really had anything. They just had somebody attached to it or an, you know, an idea. And this one, they really didn't have an idea. They had a cool title, they thought. So basically, they got a pre-sale and they went back to the U.S. and like, okay, we got this sold. What are we going to do? We need a script. We've got a title and a star, but we don't have anything else. Right. So they found a script. It was, I think it was called Bloody Sunday, I think. And they basically used that as 10 to Midnight. So, Joe, why would you think this movie was called 10 to Midnight? I have no clue. There is no reason. There's there no nothing reason in the to do with anything I, in the I was movie. trying to look in the movie even for a clock that yeah. had 10 to Midnight. If you look at the poster, nothing. yeah, if you look at the poster, it's got the killer on there with his hand as the clock died, like a yeah, 10 to Midnight. Yeah, with a knife, you yeah. know. But at least, looking at the cover art, at first I was like, wait a minute, he's always naked when he's killing his yeah. victims. But actually, when he was waiting in the vehicle, he had that goofy hat on. Yeah, yeah. and when he was uh, doing the prank calls. Right. Yeah, so basically 10 to Midnight, nothing to do with the movie. I guess maybe the, the climactic, you know, the end of the movie could have been at that time, but right. you never know. No. And, because basically the tagline is a cop, a killer, a deadline. <laughs> there is a cop, there is a killer, but the deadline really wasn't in there. Right. I think basically they were trying to make this seem like Dirty Harry. I, I guess. Well, when they were selling it, because you think Probably, it's like yeah. you know, Scorpio yeah. killer, he's got a deadline sure. and stuff like that. Right. 
And I felt a lot of similarities between the you know Dirty Harry and this movie right. a, a lot. Yeah, I'll give you that. Obviously, this is a low rent version of that. It is. Uh, you know, it feels like you're watching a um, a television movie. Yeah, a television movie with a lot of, of nudity, tits, yeah. a lot of tits, a lot of uh, blood. I have to say, one of the uh, I laughed out loud when the um, his partner opens up the door and those two are going at it. Oh yeah, and yeah, that made like, so. The guy jumps up. And it's he's like, like Whoa, no, no, man, go get back to what you're doing. Yeah, get back to what you're it's doing. Like and this then movie he just up. throws a girl back down. There is there is a lot of gratuitous nudity in this movie. Basically, oh, the, the the killer in this movie stalks women naked. He basically puts on gloves and nothing else and stalks him and stabs him to death. Because they won't go with him because we'll he's a creep. Yeah. Or maybe he just can't get hurt. He's a very good-looking guy, but he's a creep and he can't get, get dates. So the, he's, There's that sequence when he's looking at himself in the mirror and he's kind of moving back and forth. He's got the little whitey, or actually not the whitey tighties, they're kind of black underwear, yeah. whatever the hell he was wearing there. Um, and he's putting the, the brute on his face. Yeah. I mean, that scene alone, I'm wondering if uh, Christian Bale... <laughs> Watch that movie for American Psycho. It could be. Because it's just, I don't know. They almost have like the same um, look and, and tone and what have you. Yeah. I mean, Joe Joe has said he didn't really find his performance very convincing. I thought he was creepy as hell in it. I think he's very creepy, but what I was, I, was, I was trying to get at is he should have had a balance that in the real world, hey, I'm going to be Mr. Cool, Mr. Smooth, you know? Yeah. Not a fucking freak 24-7 yeah, because he's the only serial killer I know that almost went up for a murder and he didn't get fired from his job. They still allowed him to come back. I didn't get that. Yeah, but, you know, well, I'm, I'm going to report you to management. He got released. He got released. He was, they threw the case out of court. And, but in real in real life, dude, that doesn't happen. Yeah, you but, know? Yeah, but Joe, he, he, they plant, the, the cop admitted he planted evidence. It's I, like, you're not going to lose your job if that. What are you going to say? I guess. I don't know. I, know. I know what you're saying, but... It was just funny that they're all, you know, he walks in the office, all these women are scared out of their minds, yeah. and they still allow this guy to work with a bunch of women. I thought just, that was, yeah, was that, that made sense to me, because it's like, he, he, he was exonerated from that, you know, and it's... And know, that was the only part of the movie that I actually enjoyed, when they had, like, the um, the first victim's photos on there, and like, yeah. I didn't put these on here. Yeah. And then and then he looks out the window, and they do that quick zoom to Charles Bronson, kind of yeah. hanging on the kind of, like, uh, bridge <laughs> yeah. or whatever. That yeah. was awesome. That, that's that's my favorite shot of so, the film. So the movie starts with uh, this this character, Warren Stacy. He uh, basically is denied from this girl at work. He basically tries to unzip her dress at work, and she throws coffee on him. Because, of course, yeah. you throw coffee in someone's face. So she's going with her boyfriend or somebody in a, in a, a sex van down by the river to... <laughs> To get it on. Hey, baby, yes. you ready? Yes. <laughs> Terrible dub voices. So, so Warren goes to a movie theater and asks, acts really weird to these two chicks to try and build an alibi. Right. He goes in and follows them in, and then they say, don't sit by us, you're a creep, and he moves back, And but they still think he's there. Yeah, because he asks the cashier, yeah. hey, what's that lady's name? Yeah. And gets the name Tina. Yeah. So it's all just a ruse alibi. for him to go through yep. the bathroom, sneak out, and go kill this, uh, kill Betty, while he, the right. name, name's Betty, while he's... You know, supposed to be at this movie, kills her, goes back to the, the movie theater, and then has a built-in alibi. These two girls had seen him there at that time. Um, Charles Bronson uh, basically immediately knows what's going on because he, he know he sees Betty's body and the you know basically knows why she's been killed. And uh, here's what he says: Well, if anybody does something like this, this knife has got to be his penis. <laughs> So somehow he knows exactly what's going on. All the one-liners in this movie are fantastic. Right there. Just classic. 
So, yeah, she's been stabbed to death, and apparently he's using his knife as a penis, apparently. Right. <laughs> but I, 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 the, the, the guy in the van, when he's giving it to them, uh, Bet, what was her name? Betty. 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 And he's like, hey, man, what's going on? <laughs> what's going on is you're dead. You're dead. You did, uh, some naked dude just opened the door. That's the last thing I'm going to yell out. Hey, man, what's going on? Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Poor Betty. She She literally ran for, like... 500 feet and hid behind a pine tree and started crying whimpering oh please I'm She's, she, she could have got away from him but she goes and cries and of course he kills her but yeah it, it, basically the thing that's funny is like they say this movie is so violent and awful you never see anybody getting stabbed no you really don't it's just basically like you, you know you see what's the blood happened. Yeah, you yeah. know what happened yeah exactly I, it, I, yeah Roger Ebert hated this movie he gave it zero stars and yeah he just could not stand this movie he said it's like a scummy little sewer of a movie. I guess for the for the time, I uh, yeah, but guess I, it would be. But I don't know. I never thought it was as foul as he he said it was. I no, I, I I don't agree with it being foul. I mean, it's, yes, the women that they get naked and all that other stuff. I mean, it was almost like forced. Like, oh, we have to show boobs. It's gratuitous, you know? but, but besides, you know, most of the women that get naked, they have a reason to be naked at right, the time. Right. You know, <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it is. They're not just taking their stuff off, no. except for the hooker he picks up. Yeah, you know, but she's but, a hooker, so you know. Yeah, you're, yeah, you're expected. And Betty was getting it on at the time she was killed. So, <laughs> anyways, Charles Bronson basically puts it puts it together pretty quickly that it's this guy uh, through his his daughter, who's a a, a nurse, yeah, yeah, practicing to be a nurse, and uh, she was friends with Betty, and they find out Betty had a diary, and they they basically uh, Warren Stacy hears this, he's at the funeral. And he wants to break into the the, the uh, roommate's room, and I'm sorry, yeah, uh, Betty lived with a roommate, so he's gonna break in there and get the diary because it's got stuff about him in there because he was making these creepy phone calls to her. So he breaks in there, and unfortunately, he doesn't find the diary. And, and actually, and he hears that there's a diary at the funeral, right? Yeah, he has right. the diary at the funeral, and no diary there. And the unfortunately, the roommate comes back and he kills her too. I like the look in his face when he opens the box. Yeah, it's like way dramatic. Like, you, you would have known there was nothing in there when he picked up the box. Yes. You know, it's, it's completely light, dude. Oh, they needed to make it. You know, yeah. So now he's killed two people, and actually Charles Bronson already has the diary. Yeah. So Charles Bronson is already onto this guy very fast. I mean, Warren Stacy actually does a pretty good job. He's not a dumb criminal, I think, you know, because he's basically killing women naked because he doesn't want to leave any DNA evidence or whatnot. Right. He's wearing gloves at the time, plastic right. gloves. So plastic he's, gloves. He's covering, his, yeah, yeah. he's covering his tracks, but, you know, the diary, you know, starts to be his undoing right there. So Charlie's on his case really quickly. They kind of confront him at his apartment where Charlie goes and asks to use the bathroom so he can go check out what's going on in there, and he finds some porn magazines on his toilet, which Joe and I were kind of curious because it looks like they might be men on the... the, the I'm pretty sure that was a man. Yeah. Yeah. I, and that there's nothing wrong with that, but I'm just not sure what they were trying to say. No, and it was like a, just a quick shot of it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, if maybe if he was gay and he wanted to strike back at women, but none of that's ever mentioned I, I in the movie. Know. It seems like he's totally straight. He just doesn't know Then, then he pulls out the... Uh, well, we're, not, we're not there yet. That's Good a big. Lord we gotta Almighty. save. We gotta save that one. Yeah, but literally, they crack the case within his apartment. Yeah, they, they well, find out he's Charlie knows right in away. Spanish. You know, well, Charlie knows right away with the when he gets the diary. It's basically twenty minutes in the movie. He knows that's the right. guy, and it's just basically becoming to prove it. But the problem is, he's so smart that he's difficult to pin down, and Charles has to go outside of the law, right? Because there's no physical evidence, so Charlie ends up taking some some blood and actually 
uh, Betty's blood and actually put it on his clothes. The jacket. Yeah. Yeah, So they end up framing him and bringing him in because they've, you know, but obviously the the killer knows that he's being framed because he didn't make any mistakes. So it becomes kind of a bit of a cat and mouse thing. But anyways, I forgot there's an incredible scene where uh, Betty's revealed to be dead at work and the boss there has a dramatic, dramatic response to her finding out that the phone call that Betty's dead. Overacting galore. Good lord. No. Oh my God! No. <laughs> yeah, Betty's dead. Sorry to say it. What's the matter? Yeah, Betty's dead. Oh, and like everybody just has like their creepy little moment with that. But yeah, because oh. see, Warren works at the same place as uh, Betty and uh, his roommate, or right. Betty's Betty's roommate. So he's he killed both. Score with all the ladies in the office. Yeah, he's the kind of like the machine repair guy there, <laughs> fixing those high tech typewriters back in '82. What are you doing, Warren? Dropping off her typewriter. <laughs> He's quite a character. So, anyways, Charles finally gets him down to the station to, you know, confront him, and uh, there's a big interrogation scene, and it leads to one of my favorite lines in, in film history. Let's just play that one. When's the last time you made it with a girl, Warren? That's not last week, last month, last year. I refused to answer. Never. You never made it with a girl because girls won't have anything to do with you, but you get back at them, don't you? Betty and Karen and God knows how many more. I won't listen to your filth. I won't listen what to you, Warren. Warren, do you recognize this? Leo, what's that, Warren? You ever see one of these before? What's it used for? What's the matter? Cat got your tongue? It's for jacking off, isn't it? Oh, yes. So I'm not really sure what Joe. Joe, you might you might you might be better. At the, Joe, what what exactly was that that uh, thing that was with the little toy that he finds? Yes. I don't know, electronic pocket pussy or something. <laughs> I have no idea what the hell that was. It was like a power drill. I don't know. I just thought it was odd that that was Charles Bronson's big you know thing there to catch this guy that he he likes to masturbate. I'm like, really? You're gonna bring a guy in for that? I don't know if back in '83 that was considered that bad but yeah so that's one of his big confrontations there but yeah so basically Charles Bronson plants the blood on the guy and they, they take him to prison and there's another great scene on that when he finally confronts him because uh, actually uh, Warren Stacy's uh, lawyer is played by Jeffrey Lewis who's really good in this movie I thought it's, this movie's got a really good cast for a low budget film it's got Jeffrey Lewis, it's got Wilford Brimley, Quaker Oats, so it's got a bunch of people in it. But here's a scene where actually, uh, basically, Charles Bronson comes in there while he's with his attorney and reveals that they're going to arrest him, that they have, you know, they've got him for murder now, because they planted the blood on there. We found some blood on your client's clothing. We're going to rebook a murder one. What? See you at the arraignment. He's lying. There was no blood on my clothes, and he knows it. You finish. He's lying. He's lying. He's lying. No. 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 So there's a tad bit of overacting on that one, but I still love it. So it's it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Obviously. So- so what happens then is uh, they go to court and Jeffrey Lewis, who plays Warren Stacy's lawyer, 
kind of knows that he's been railroaded. So he goes to Charles Bronson's uh, young partner, Andrew Stevens, who's really the idealistic cop. And he's going to say he's going to put him on the stand and say, you know, about the, the blood being put there. And says, you know, it wasn't legit and, you know, it was planted. And he basically says that Leo Kessler, Charles Bronson's character, did and he's going to have to put him on the stand. So Stevens goes to Charles Bronson's character and says, you know, he knows he did that and whatnot. And Charles Bronson admits it, goes into court and says he did it. And that's that. Warren Stacy gets released from prison. It was good to see Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah, he was really good. He's really good in this movie. I mean, he's not really in it for a long time, but he's, he's really solid. But obviously at that point, Warren Stacy's got a vendetta to go after Charles Bronson. And more, he's going after his daughter, who's, like I said, the nurse. And he basically starts stalking her and making obscene phone calls to her. Maybe we'll play one of those. We've got two of them, but I think one's probably <laughs> enough. Is this my favorite one? Which one is that? The one where he's uh, calling... Oh, let's see. This is talking one. like the Mexican? I think he did that in both of them. Vote for Pedro. We do it every way there is. How you like it? Up, down, front, back. Whatever suits you, amigo. Uh, <laughs> where, where should I meet you? What you say? Well, tell me, tell me what hotel, and I'll meet you there. Like hell, you will. Don't fool with me, bitch. But I, I thought you loved me. Get my ass, cunt. I love to stick it to you. That's what I love. Your father's a pig. Your mother's a whore. Well, there you go. What a nice guy. I, I like the other one better. The other phone call that he delivers. Good oh, Lord Almighty. You like that better? Okay. Uh, that's that's a horrible. I, th- I think our viewers have got enough. Yeah, he's basically very similar. But so basically, uh, he basically goes after. Th- her the daughter and ends up you know killing a bunch of her her uh, roommates right which is basically the Richard Speck part of the story where it's that there are a bunch of nurses getting killed in that way and it leads to a big confrontation with Chuck who comes to save the day go Chuck yeah and he chases him down in the street and of course uh, which made no sense because he's behind them and they're running but somehow Charles gets in front of them yes because he's Charles Bronson it just happens uh, it's an interesting shot you know but. I just love the helicopters hovering above, and Warren is, like, right up on her ass. And then the next scene, like, he's not. Yeah. And then, oh, there's Dad. Yeah. Fantastic. That's Charles Bronson. Oh, yeah. He was only 61, you know. Of course, he's going to be able to run, outrun this guy. Hey, what'd you say? His name Pedro. Is Pedro. <laughs> Vote for Pedro. Vote for Pedro. Yeah. Uh. So, obviously, Chuck shoots him in the head. You've seen that clip if you watch the trailer. It's in the trailer 14 times, I think. I think I think they have like a little blood capsule smacking his forehead. Yeah. Oh, that's good stuff. But it's like it's kind of a sad ending because if you think of it, Leo Kessler's been kicked off the force because he planted the evidence. Right. And now he shot this guy in cold blood with no weapon. Yeah. He's going to go to jail. Right. And that that's the scene that I want to talk about at the end here. Literally after he shoots in the credits are rolling, right? And he has like his 
arms out. Yeah. And I swear to God, they're they're going after the um, sequence. Like, okay, we're gonna shoot this. It's gonna be really artistic. You guys yeah. can all act like your friends. I uh, I didn't. You know, I've seen the movie over the years a yeah. bunch of times, and I never knew his arms were out. I noticed that in the yeah, Blu-ray because it looks really good now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's like, good. Gonna be arrested. Fuck me. I'm, I'm going in. But it's like I read that there were th- like three alternate ending shots to okay. this movie, and like I don't know what they are. Interesting. So I'm wondering if one of them is like he didn't shoot him, or they take him in, yeah, or, they take him in or if the cops say, "Oh, we didn't see any of that," or he had a weapon. Because I could very well see that you know right. that this it, is the '80s and the Rambo sure. time. It's like the you know fans would have cheered for that. It's like the cops saying, "We didn't see anything." Yeah, we didn't. You're see back it. on the force. Yay, Hand slap, tango and cash, newspaper <laughs> thing. Leo Kessler's back on the force. Kessler is back. <laughs> yeah, but it's kind of a depressing ending when you think about. When it. When did Halloween come out? 70, oh jeez. Okay, so, okay, all right. So they pretty much try to redo that sequence for the most part. Yeah, quite a bit. After they, like, reveal, like, oh my God, what did you do, Michael? Because everybody is, like, just frozen. Except you have the the cop lights going, you know, the helicopter's still hovering. So it's literally shot for shot. Yeah, I never even thought about that. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah, I thought it was a good good shot to end the movie on, but yeah, it's yeah. kind of like, wow, that's kind of kind of a bummer. Yeah, yeah, it's like, poor Kessler, good lord. Yeah, I, I would love to see what the other endings were, because I'm sure they were pretty interesting. This, for me, would be one of those movies on my list that you could watch once and never watch again. I've seen it way too many times, which is pretty sad, but yeah, I, I find it very entertaining. So, there's, there's this times I want to watch a down and dirty, you know, Charlie Bronson movie. And well, this is, folks, this is the one for you. Yeah, I mean, it's it's definitely easier to watch than some of his Death Wish movies because there's no rape in it and stuff. There is right, there is yeah. women getting stalked and killed, but it's not gratuitous. Besides for the the, right. the boobs hanging out and right. stuff, but yeah, there's nothing like that. And I I think it's got a pretty good story overall. Yeah, and, you know, some decent actors in there. Yeah, it's well. got it's got a really good cast for you know, like I said, a low budget film like this. Yeah, I the mean, lady that played um, Charles Bronson's daughter in the movie. The whole time watching, I'm like, where is this lady from? And Leviathan. Then, Leviathan and then Beverly Hills Cop yeah. as well. Yeah, that's yeah. it. Lisa Eilbacher, she never really did much. No. And it was awesome to see Jeffrey Lewis, of course, Double Impact, Devil's Rejects, Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. And Salem's Lot. He's been in a lot. He's been. creeped me out when I was a kid in Sam's Lot. Yeah. When he turned into a vampire, that still scares the shit. Well, he's been in a lot of... Creepy-looking uh, vampires. He's mostly in, like, known for, like, the Clint Eastwood movies. Oh, yeah. Yep. He's done a ton of Clint Eastwood Every stuff. which way. Yeah. Absolutely. Good actor. Yeah, no, it, it was cool. Wilford Brimley really didn't have much going on in the film. Yeah, he was just kind of... I'm like, okay, there he is. It's crazy, and this was probably right after he did The Thing, my favorite film, so... Very true. Doing a lot of stuff I liked back then. Oh. I, big fan of Mr. Quaker Oats. <laughs> too bad he got the diabetes. Feel sure. bad for him. But sure, eat your goddamn Quaker Oats. Yeah. That's my Wilford Brimley. Yes. And yes. check your blood sugar, kids. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> Well, uh, let's let's shoot down the uh, rankings on this, Joe. What what are you going to give this film out of five stars? I'm giving it Bruce Willis saying a number two. Okay, Arya. Well, let's get a little little. Oh, Bruce! Go, Bruce! Okay. I'm going to go higher, obviously. I picked this film. I'm, I'm a fan. I'm going to give it a three stars. I can't give it higher than three stars. I'd like to, but, you know, I can't. It's, it's a very entertaining movie for what it is. Groovy. I find it to be groovy. So. 
there you go. Let's run into a little bit of the uh, background real quick on it, uh, what, what this movie did in the theater. and It came out in March of 1983. It came in second place. Brought in $3,050,225. It was number two. Joe, what do you think was number one that week? It's not Return of the Jedi, is it? No, before that came, I think that was probably the summer, wasn't it, probably? Was that? Okay. This is March. March. Number yeah, one right. film is Tootsie. Tootsie, yes. Another movie you only need to watch once. And number three is Gandhi. Gandhi. I love that 10 to Midnight was sandwiched right between Gandhi and Tootsie. And Tootsie. <laughs> it's like, you go to the theater, it's like, what should we see tonight? Gandhi or 10 to Midnight? We're going with 10 to Midnight. The choices are limitless. I remember my brother taking me to the theater back in, uh, what was that, 1988. And he's like, all right, Joe, what do you want to go see? I see Die Hard or Willow. Let's go see Willow. They take that day back. Oh, come on. Willow is an enjoyable movie. <laughs> it, that movie does not age well at all. No. George oh. Lucas's take on Lord of the Rings. Didn't the, work. The other thing I forgot to mention about this movie is uh, young Kelly Preston is in this movie. That's right. She's in there under her, I'm assuming, real name, Kelly Palzis? P-A-L-Z-I-S. Interesting. Yeah, she's one of the nurses that gets killed in the movie. So. Uh, that was one of the nurses where you're like, are we going to see her tits? Yeah, and it's, you know? it, it's quite amazing because Kelly Preston at that time in every movie was naked. In this one, she's not. Yeah, so. I was very surprised. If you're going to look for Kelly Preston naked, this isn't This, this isn't, isn't for you. Nope. Check out uh, Mischief the next year. That was her big movie. So Mischief. Was, yeah, that was pretty bad. Well played. Yeah. Um, I guess that's probably all we got for this week. Send us uh, feedback on Facebook or Twitter, Man's Man Film Review. We'd love to get your thoughts on what we should do for top fives yep. or movie recommendations, those Definitely type of not. things. But Joe, what's uh, what's going to be on tap for the next one? Are you ready? Little drum roll. Should we play the trailer and let that reveal it? <sighs> Let's do it. All right, here's the trailer for our next film. So that's going to be our next film. Uh, we're looking forward to that one. It's a Stallone classic, uh, 85, Cobra. Yep, definitely George, Cobra. George, George P. Cosmatos. One of my favorites. Yeah, we've got a lot to say about that one. That will be very enjoyable. So we'll see you very shortly for the next episode. Thanks for tuning in. Yep. He's a man. Be good and don't be stupid out there, kids. <laughs> <laughs>